What up, though? This is Yusef Bunchy Shakur here at the Mama Cool Community House in partnership with Detroit is Different. We're looking forward to bringing you 2022 State of Black Detroit, the haves versus the have-nots, the black middle class versus the black lower class. Is that such a thing? Is that a problem? Is, are we in an internal war with each other? Are we progressing? Have we digressed? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves. And that's what we plan to do with this conversation as we get prepared for State of Black Detroit 2022, brought to you by Detroit is Different at the Mama Core Community House featuring myself, Yusef Bunchy Shakur. Detroit is Different podcast studios back in full effect, telling the story of the footprint of my neighborhood. And my neighborhood footprint actually goes a little into Highland Park. As many have heard, and I've done a notice on some of this information about a lawsuit myself and many neighbors here in this Hope Village community are facing, Highland Park's getting it head on. And when we talk about head on, it's a development that's entering our community and not engaging our community in an equitable, fair way. And one of the biggest people that has stood tall against development being imposed upon our community in our neighborhood is Mr. Marvin Elliott. Mr. Elliott, how you feeling? Yes, yeah, hey, how you doing? Good, good. So um, in this whole concept, as we're talking about the Means Logistical Park yes. and uh, catching people up on this, uh, what happened was a couple years ago, it was a developer, Eric Means, one of the few, I would say, star black developers uh, in and around the metro Detroit area, yes. uh, even Michigan. He's done a lot of work in development, but... Less about his work in development, it's just more so the style and, and how oh, he yeah. went about this whole thing, um, being inclusive uh, and, and, and providing fair deals. So, you know, when people saw the story, a lot of people were like, are they taking people's homes? Are they taking people's property? Are they displacing people? Right. From the Detroit side, not necessarily. They're looking to rezone things and change our deeds, restrictions, right. which impacts our property value. And uh, Eric Means, at one point in time, uh, before he passed away, he's passed away, um, was, was doing engagement with the community group. Correct. Neighbors, a community members such as yourself, many of your neighbors actually took a lot of the deals to find themselves in new homes. And with his passing uh, a couple years back, deals that were made have not been set, have not been honored. Correct especially the deal for you. So you stand, as they say, the greenhouse right. yeah. in this inside of <laughs> Means Logistical Park. Yeah. So Means Logistical Park is a warehousing space with combining many developers, uh, the estate of Eric Means um, in, in Means Logistical Group, uh, is now run from his wife, but there are so many other players in this. Uh, yeah, sure Ashley is. Capital, Colliers, as you said, uh, Highland Park, and the actually like I would say like almost like the launch of their economic growth corporation inside and things going on. Consultant uh, Tyrone Hinton, who who works yeah. in and around Metro Detroit footprint, and many others. A at the root of a lot of this, man, your home is standing next to a space that all summer was waking me up <laughs> every morning, like crack of dawn yeah. at 7 a.m. Easy. Yeah. You know, uh, so we're talking about uh, augers, drilling, uh, 
demolition, like everything, laying concrete, anything you can think about construction. And when I say his house, and you're going to see the picture, his house is like right there. So the question that a lot of people say is, why are you staying there? Why didn't you take the deal that all your neighbors took? But before we even get into that, let's just talk about the house, man. That house obviously means something to value to you as it's it's a big crib. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You got a lot of backyard. You got a lot of driveways. What What is the house been for you and your family since you've been over there? Uh, it's been perfect. I mean, I could go on my front porch and look <laughs> across the freeway, mm-hmm. across the Davidson, and see where I was born mm-hmm. 43 years ago. Wow. And came straight to that property. Mm-hmm. So I'm still there. That's what's up. And I mean, they came with an offer, but it wasn't feasible for me to even move. Mm. So... So when you talk about an offer not feasible, and this is where, like, the games kind of get played because different people value things, quote, unquote, differently. You have a two-family flat, man. Right. Um, uh, that is big. It's, it's, a, it's a big footprint of property that you have, too, even backyard right. and everything for space and, and everything. Um, what was the offer made to you to get you to relocate, and how did the discussion in this stop, when did it stop, and why did they proceed to move forward of building a warehousing unit right, right next door? And when I say right next door, like really like Stone's next door, you away. can almost like touch right. the, the space, yeah. you know. So uh, I had been talking back and forth with Eric Means for a couple years, mm-hmm. you know, when they first approached me. So, but years prior to that, like three, four years, now right now it's going on seven. Mm-hmm. Carriers Group started sending me cards and different letters just saying they would like to buy up property, just like a lot of people get letters in the mail. So I'm thinking it's random garbage. So I was throwing it away. Mm-hmm. My father was still living there then. So, um, uh, once Eric started coming to the neighborhood, like you said, he introduced himself. Then he began to get comfortable and started coming around, just making sure people was all right. And then, matter of fact, I was with him two days before he passed away. Mm. He came to a couple of my uncle's houses. One, then we went around the corner to one of my other uncle's house. And he gave me an offer, and, but I told him, no, I couldn't, I couldn't find nowhere to leave, uh, move to for that. Mm. Other than that, I had to downsize. Can't afford to. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, two days after that, I didn't hear anything. Then all of a sudden, uh, no, before it, I even talked to him, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, used to work the city councilman. Uh, so a city councilman in Highland Park. Yes. He's the first one that approached me. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, Carlton? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Carlton, and him and the ex-fire chief, uh, Coney, Kevin Coney, they came by. They thought my father was still there, but I opened the door. So they were looking for him. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Mm. But it was a building that had been next door to us since I was a kid, and Carlton was the code enforcer and everything under the sun, and he would never answer the phone. He came by one time. I looked at it and nothing. When they came in, did development, 
they bought it and tore it down. Hmm. So that goes to show a lot about Highland Park. And, and, and the interaction. So it was a building that um, that needed to be addressed. Condemned, like, full of trash. Mm. I've been up to City Hall multiple times, nothing. And, and right in your, right by your home. On, where I park at, right there, mm-hmm. right next door. Wow. And Full of trash, tr- overgrown trees. Mm-hmm. We used to have to clean it up. And when this development was going to begin, you saw traction on that property being demolished. Yep. Did you put two and two together at that point that oh, yeah. something else was going to be happening? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so with this, that, that first offer, because at this point, many of your neighbors took the offer. Yeah. And, and I'm aware of this. So for people more involved, as, as we know, with Detroit is different. Uh, friend and ally, uh, at the point in time... Um, Reverend David Alexander Bullock, the pastor of Greater St. Matthew Baptist Church at the time, that's right there, it is, you know, that Highland Park LaBelle footprint. Yeah. So if you ever went to a church service over at Greater St. Uh, Greater St. Uh, Matthew Baptist Church with Pastor Bullock, you, you would know the neighborhood we're speaking of because oh. that's that neighborhood. And I even spoke with Pastor Bullock about this, and he was talking about how Eric Means was, you know, kind of making some headwinds into the community years before traction began on this project. He was, he was trying to get input to see if people had a problem with it being done. Mm. So when he passed, they didn't care who knew about what. That's why they didn't have any more uh, city meetings. But to tell you the truth, uh, other church down the street from there, St. Luke, I think it is, Yeah, they had a meeting there just for the people who lived in that area. Mm-hmm. Within wow. that square area where I'm at. Other than that, I didn't see people from across Hamilton and Six Mile and off on Woodward. It's still in Highland Park, so everybody should have a say-so on it. It's unique that you talk about this because it intersects in my neighborhood with Hope Village. Yeah, yeah. The the community group set up forth a community benefits agreement beforehand. Okay. And that community benefits agreement uh, limits uh, how alcohol can be warehoused and also explosives. Yes. This project is looking to break that and the speculation in a lot of our minds is this may be an amazon facility but let's say whatever facility right. the explosive thing definitely has us like all right what type of explosives do you want to house there you know what i'm saying and they're like well you know it'll be fireworks but then yeah. these are the discussions that happen where now values like uh, of property such as you know what i and my family own Mr. Elliott and his family own. These are the games that can be played. So it's not like necessarily eminent domain, quote unquote. But it becomes that because if you devalue my property to a point where now I can't have options if I wanted to move and find something comparable as what Mr. Elliott is saying, then basically you've trapped me in a condition where now my quality of life will be so suppressed where I'm going to want to move and never find the true value of what it is. Because you're looking for a two-family flat that can house really two families. That's what you have. You have that sizable of a space and you need something comparable. Not anything that quote-unquote is valued at what the market bears as they would say. And saying like, well, you know, uh, to find one of the, you know, to find this much space on another place, you know, you would need I don't know, let's just throw out $300,000. Yeah. Your property saying it's only worth 
75,000. So we'll give you 100,000 and that's being us being generous throwing another 25,000 on top. Where right. it's like no because you want to do this project here mm-hmm. and you didn't actually deal with us equitably. You're going to have to meet Mr. Elliot and all the other neighbors and residents that choose to stay oh, with yeah. a level of care, concern and input yeah. that we all want. That's fair, A. Or B, you're going to meet us at a level where you pay us out what would be fair and equitable either. But the last thing you're going to do is use the entity of, you know, who we pay taxes to, like our government, to fight against us. Exactly. Yep. uh, They did my cousin that had a house directly next door. They did him real bad. What happened to your cousin? They came over, I think, to Collier's group. Mm-hmm. And talked to him, and they showed him some papers. He he showed me the paper. He showed me the papers, and it showed that his father. That's what it says. Air quotes. It says his father had a mortgage taken out in his name. Mm. This was two years after signed and everything. Two years after he passed away. Hmm. And there was only one to give him 50, then they tell him 30. I think he left with like 15,000. Mm. So what was agreed to was never honored in principle no. on the money or the business. Nope. Which leaves a lot of people. And it was some false paperwork. Mm. They showed him something that stated, because he's showing me, it says his father's name mm-hmm. and a, the date. And I've been, I went to his father's funeral. So, so a dead man is uh, out here signing up uh, refinancing deals. Ain't that something? I, I, wonder what, I wonder what lender was the lender for that uh, dead right. man refinancing, you know? Him and his wife, had a, uh, they moved from there when I, I wasn't even born. And mm. uh, they got that nice 10-acre farm out in Belleville. Mm. Raised all type of animals. So why would he need a loan? And they still had a property out there. So it, it's almost like knowing the places and spaces of what you can, uh, you know, how, how you can move forward. And it's unique because this property in the beginning when my neighborhood was sued, we were sued in the summer of 2021 right. uh, over about 150 residents over here in, in mm-hmm. different dockets. So in each docket is unique, too, because even in your docket of some paperwork you just showed me, DTE is sued in this, oh, yeah. uh, the city of Detroit, the city of Highland Park, AT&T, Comcast, Comcast or Xfinity. So it's like yeah. it's it's multiple players that you recognize would have been in bigger talks about this. Yeah. Uh, and I assume are in bigger talks. And the way that a lot of the attorneys kind of talk around it, as far as I'm concerned, is like, yeah. well, you know, they need to do this because it's just, you know, it's just some paperwork stuff. It's just some paperwork stuff. <laughs> right. But it's like, mm, it's deeper than it's some paperwork more to stuff. It. You know it's it. a lot more to it. Yeah. It smelled bad and it looked bad. The the, the property at one point in time was uh, blocked off with like uh, makeshift fences. As I call concrete it, concrete borders. Yep. Yeah. For about for a while. Was, yeah, yeah. And construction began this summer. Um, yeah, the major construction. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, Blue Star came in and started demolishing majority of the houses that they uh, tore down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, so for somebody like you, with so it, it went from an offer and conducted yes. business. 
where you're like, that's not a fair offer. Yeah. So immediately now you're dealing with legality yes. and many lawsuits. How many lawsuits yeah. do you have pending connected to this? Uh, I got stacks of paperwork from mm. that one company, Madden Hauser. Mm. Yeah. But it, it went from Carrier's group to them. So when I talked to those people for the first time in Madden Hauser, they said they didn't even know who the Carrier's group were. Mm. So when I talked to uh, the judge and Madden Hauser on that Zoom call, now all of a sudden you're saying that they're their brokers. Carrier's is their brokers. They, but all of a sudden now that you know them, since it's in court now, Wow. But at first, they act like they didn't want to tell me that, like they wasn't obligated. How difficult has it been to find a lawyer to represent you and, and, and support in this matter? Legal yeah, it's, support. It's, it's rough. Mm. Yeah. So, what, what, are, what do most attorneys tell you? Uh, they, well, a couple say they're going to ask some of their colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know one guy, Mark Brown, mm-hmm. you know, he's a criminal lawyer, but. He has other lawyers. Yeah, he has lawyer connections, yeah. So I'm just waiting on some feedback. And and you're looking actually at a a case that's pending very soon, December 16th. You got something coming up. So that's days away. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And and how are you and your family, how are you having resolved to, like, take on something like this? Because this is circuit court, the U.S. circuit court. You're you're looking at real deal situations and mm-hmm. just as people I don't know how, how much you all have been involved in legal situations as myself and and shout out to Sugar Law for uh stepping up and in, in in some of the relationships with myself and my family we were able to get some support from them but in, in this matter I've reached out and I've met other people like uh Mr. Elliot and even reconnected with a lot of my neighbors of right. like what uh, where do we go in this matter? And it still seems to like a lot of things in this nation that if you own, if you have more money and own more property, court courts and justice will sway in your favor more so than being a resident. And the tough thing about us as right. residents is this was imposed on us. We were living our life right, yep. free, having fun, loving life as much as it's cool to meet. <laughs> Marvin and everything beaten out of this, yeah. Under yeah. these circumstances, is not the way that no, we want to connect. No. So, uh, how are you having resolved to even, you know, move forward and, and, you know, what's been your perspective and state of mind to, to deal with stuff like this? Well, it's a little depressing, but I can't see, let my kids see me like that. Mm. So I just keep my fronts up because they don't like it. No one's happy about it. Especially that's why I got a lot of family. They come and check on me. Mm. So they they got me they making moves too, making calls. So So I, I was hearing it and I'm a freeway across. Right. What was it like waking up at seven in the morning almost every day and even to this day now, it's still constructing now. Like yeah. what is it like to be abruptly woken up almost to like earthquake? Yeah, sometimes I used to get up at about five o'clock so I wouldn't have to jump up out of my sleep. Think of somebody coming in or something like that. So I wake up a little early, and pictures shaking on the walls. Yeah, mm. I just go in the basement, make sure my foundation is straight, mm-hmm. and walk around my house. I still do it. 
what about the dust and the and the pollution yeah. and air pollution? Have you noticed a difference in air quality? Well, as far as before, that's why they hurried up at the last minute and put the uh, asphalt down because when it was still nice out, all those trucks back and forth, I couldn't even sit on the porch comfortably mm. because of the dust. Yeah, mm. that's why I didn't put my air conditioner in the window on that side. Because yeah. mm. yeah. mm. it was just bringing in dust. Yeah, either that or it was gonna go out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of this, let's also talk about when they talk about projects like this come for job creation. Yeah. The job crews. Do any of these people look like Highland Park residents? Nope. I mean, they're not going to when they finish either. Mm. Because a lot of this development is under the guise of it'll bring jobs to a community, and that's why we should support this. Right. And the crews I've seen, I think I saw one black face in all of the days. Yeah. Tracking One or two. and connecting. Yeah. Yep. And they subcontract out. They come in like I seen one on the asphalt crew Saturday. One so black guy. Saturday. Uh, what was it? Thursday and then Saturday. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and who's keeping? You know, are there? What do you think are the checks and balances to keep that in order? Like as far as um, you know, to see the quote unquote job creation that comes from development. Yeah, like the uh, uh, Dan, the guy that's running the whole contract, I could tell when it's his crew working because they got all the same machines. And even my lady, she noticed yesterday that that asphalt machine, it was from a, it was like, damn, that must be subbed out. Mm. Like, yeah, because she, even, it's that much that's been going on over there. She even notices different things and she knows nothing about construction. But she knew the quality, yes, the workmanship, yep. and then also when we think about Island Park, your neighborhood, my neighborhood, it, mm-hmm. you know, by extension, it's definitely people looking for work. Oh yeah, and yeah. that project's not hiring our people. Yeah, I know a guy that's in a union. He's a union rep, and mm-hmm. my father union steward, and I went to one of his classes way out in Wayne, Michigan. Cause they, and he told me they thought they had a contract with them, with the Carter's group over there. Mm, that's deep. And my cousin, he has a trucking company on uh, Finkel. I gave the lady, uh, Karen, from Carter's, uh, his phone number because he hauled uh, dirt. Mm-hmm. And he came back months later and said she never contacted him. Wow. Mm. So it's the checks right. and balances where we see our tax dollars. Oh, are being exploited to further exploit our living conditions and further ostracize us from having the quality of life that we would like. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. But the Highland Park, even the probate lawyer, he told me, he said, man, they've been dirty for a long time. Hmm. He said, so something else was going on up there. So... He so, knows it's not right. He knows whatever's going on over there is not right. So in this whole matter, uh, as as we look at this, um, we look at new leadership coming in to Highland Park, elected mm-hmm. leadership. So uh, Kersheed, uh new council member, uh, he'll be on Detroit is Different as well. So be pay attention to that. Okay. Uh, his story... Um, and it's going to be a new mayor in Highland Park. Like, do yeah. you think that new leadership is going to? How, what What's your take just right now as a resident there for for so long? Like, uh, 
what would you expect this new leadership to um how do you expect them to hear your story and and move forward with some balance in this or uh, you know can they i don't think it's going to come from them up there mm. on west city hall mm. nah but i know some people that know some of those people but kurt she came to my house personally and checked on me to see what was going on to see if I was all right and he got my story and hopefully he can see what was going on and prevent see that's I like about that zoning you know because I seen where they tore the store down at yeah they after they left my street they went down there and did some asphalt because mm-hmm. I get could they must uh, was about to do something else and directly across the street from me, I should have took a picture of it. They don't have any uh, asphalt over there. Mm-hmm. So the guy told me when they did my street, they were going to start doing something across from me too. But mm-hmm. they wasn't going to do anything until they seen if they was going to take that fence down or do anything, merge my street with what they got going on over there. I picked up on that. Mm. And, and what Mr. Elliott is speaking about is there was a zoning meeting, uh, a Highland Park Zoning Commission meeting uh, that we attended, and I, and I taped it mm-hmm. and um, in this documented op- Open Meetings Act. Pay attention to that Open Meetings Act. You can tape any open public meeting. that You, you have that right. Uh, so in the meeting, the... The, the the point was made a couple of times that like, hey, this meeting is just about honoring the fact that the build and development of Means Logistical Group would like to take one of the other last properties purchased in this. It was uh, the greenhouse or Mr. Elliott's home. And as I say, the liquor store, the liquor store uh, was was a holdout as well. And it was regionally purchased by the by the Means Logistical Park. Right. And. In addition, the zoning commission had to vote to rezone this from to to an industrial usage IDR industrial uh, industrial and residential use. I'm not a real estate attorney, but these are some of the points. So in that, it was a space for public comment. Right. Kershid spoke, you spoke, Jeff Jones of Hope Village Revitalization spoke. I said a couple words and it was unique because it had such an impact on this commission that even though in the meeting it was dictated a couple times, yeah. all you need to do is just move forward because the project did everything they did. They yeah. crossed their T's, dotted their yeah. I's. What the community saying about the lawsuits and the nature of people not being paid, what they said they would be paid should not be honored because that should be as, you know, it should be stricken from the record. Right. All that matters is the zoning can be approved. The commissioners actually had an understanding and empathy for right. the voices in the meeting, and they abstained from voting. Yes, which to me this was a a a a, a strong political action to just see community members come together and stop a, a, a effort that's been running, as far as I'm concerned, like whatever program they would choose to run up to this point. Yeah. Without like, really engaging with the community since the passing of Eric Means. Like they like uh, a couple of them, they felt what I said when I said I don't even have a street sign. Yeah. And like my cousin Jason uh Daniel said, he said, Man, what if you have a medical alert uh, emergency or something? 
Yeah, Dead you call nine one one. Yeah, you call nine one one. No one's coming. You're right. missing mail. You're missing packages. Um, just, yeah. I can't. You know, the street sign yep. continues to be taken down by developers yeah. that are being paid. This is the other angle that I pointed mm-hmm. out. Um, and I know, shout out to Theo Pride and the Detroit People's Platform. This is also a brownfield project. A brownfield project. If you all are unaware of what that is, and and. You're going to learn a lot of this in some of the Detroit is different information. But a brownfield project basically takes federal money and tax monies that look at a space that's labeled as like basically a brownfield. Like it's so dilapidated, you can't do anything with it. So we're going to give you some money or we're going to not necessarily give you some money. We're going to match whatever and give you a tax incentive to do whatever you want to do so you can activate this space. The tough thing about this is, as I was asking Theo from our original meeting, it's like houses used to be there. Like houses were there like on Monday, but it can be labeled a brownfield on Tuesday. So basically they're honoring this as no value, period. And when you're when we are in, I mean, for you, you're next door to it. I'm blocks away from it. When you're blocks away from a brownfield, what does that do for your property value? Exactly. And property values, whether you want to refinance, whether you want to sell, how you want to get insurance for your property, because that's another big one right there. All of this impacts what can happen based on property values. And another gripe that I have, a lot of these appraisers of properties are not enough of them are black and not enough of them are actually from the city. But they're appraising properties here based on, quote unquote, standards and valuations that are... This is a Kari Frazier statement, not even a Detroit different statement, based on systemically racist systems. So this is, you know, this is where I look at this as these are violent acts done in ways with paperwork and using the veil of, well, it's all legal and we did our paperwork, but it's still a violent act when it happens to us. Oh, yeah. Because... You know, if I can't only if I have like, I mean, look at what I'm doing here in this mixed use space. But if insurance is only going to cover seven thousand dollars because now I'm, you know, a quarter mile away from a brownfield. Does that mean I can't do what I do over here? Right. Or I'm just going to be rolling the dice and running a risk with what I do over here. Yeah, that's what that means. Yeah, I don't even have a fire hydrant. Mm. Has it? Yeah. So wh- what would you see as fair? What would you see as equitable? What would you like to see happen? First, I told him, just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Just let me live. You know, because the guy from uh, the, uh, that's running the company, Dan, the construction company, mm-hmm. he built that rock wall for me. He cut the weeds down across the street from my house. I cut them down once, he came. He had his uh, his crew come over there and cut it all the way down. And he was just looking around and said, I'm going to see what I could do for you to try to make it look like something. Mm. And a week later, he wouldn't have, we was having the same guys that did the grass, building that rock wall, mm. you know. So, But like the carters told me, like, well, we'll just build around you. Mm. Okay, so what happened to that? Yeah. Why are you worried about my street then? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm supposed to get in and out. Okay. So with this, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of people that say they want to just help your cause specifically. How should people connect with you? Do you want me to 
them to interconnect with me and then get to you? How what yeah, what support the, would you like? Yeah, I have an email address. Okay. Messy nineteen seventy nine at gmail.com. Okay. And I'll put that in the lower thirds too. Okay. So thank you so much. This won't be the last discussion we have here at Detroit is different as I believe this is gonna be an ongoing back and forth. Fight, war, battle, how whatever we wanna call it, but right. I don't think that we're closing the book on this anytime soon. So you will be back as many other players. And as uh, as they say, as, the, as we cut the grass, the snakes will show. So we're going to find out a whole lot more. Yes, sir. dig a little bit more. And our information is informing more residents. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's going all the way down to Waverly. Mm. Some of the same paperwork you got. Mm. She and she lives across uh, the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a lot of us. She on the other side of Davidson. Yep. And and two blocks up, she almost at Woodward. Yep. So for, for a lot of people that don't understand this, it's like basically um, it's a freeway. It's two freeways that cut yeah. between. So you have the John C. Lodge Freeway, or 10, yep. and you also have Davidson, or 8, that cut through. You know, world's first freeway was Davidson, you know. So... Uh, <laughs> So you have the world's first freeway, and you also have the John C. Lodge freeway. So you have like a crisscrossing, intersecting freeways, where uh, like blocking us from this project. But the footprint of this project is suing residents that oh, yeah. go outside they, of the freeway footprint. And pretty soon, this will be a whole industrial city over there in Highland Park. Mm. Yeah, it's it's some other projects that I'm sure Kershid is going to talk uh, about. Yeah, like that pamphlet that was on the table. Mm. At the meeting, yeah, yeah, that's down the street from uh, this other house that my lady just moved from. Phew. Yeah, because we were back and forth over there, but I never left Grand. That's deep. So that's deep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, and oh, yeah. we we gonna get this out, man. We're oh yeah, get this out. Thanks for having me. All right, peace. <laughs>